Hey, it's me, Kelly Anakin. I'm talking about Showtime's hit series, Yellow Jackets, one episode at a time with some of the funniest people I know. Let's find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting eaten. Welcome to Blood Hive. With no new episode of Yellow Jackets. And it's also been a weird week because the Writers Guild of America, a.k.a. the WGA, has gone on strike. Uh, it is probably the first of multiple strikes from different trade unions in Hollywood. Keep an eye on that. Uh, the people who write Yellow Jackets and other shows that you love are striking for fair wages. Definitely check that out. I recommend getting your information directly from WGA writers, especially WGA captains. They have the best information. Solidarity with all of our former guests and all writers striking, doing the right thing. So, speaking of people who have guested on this podcast, we have brought a few of those folks back this week to read some of our listener emails, and we are going to play uh, at least one voice memo. So yeah, this is just a little bonus to tide everybody over. Natasha and I will be introducing these clips, and remember that the new episode of Yellow Jackets is coming on Sunday, May the 7th. They are moving from a Friday release to a Sunday release, so I'm not 100% sure why that is happening but it's happening so keep all of that in mind and you know we're gonna get through this together everybody we are gonna get through this together this is melanie morass reading an email from bevan praises to you priestesses of the antler queen I didn't think I could love Yellow Jackets more, but your podcast is an absolute joy and satisfies my need to talk about it with a kindred spirit. Anne of Green Gables reference, very much intended. I too have an acting degree, know a disconcerting amount about theology against my will, and have a dark sense of humor. I bullied my sister into being hooked on Yellow Jackets and on the podcast, and she loves it, and you as well. Here's some takes for you. More evidence for Akilah being survival MVP. During one of the scenes outside the cabin where people are prepping meat and cooking, you can see Akilah scraping the hide with a rock to tan the leather so they have fur for the winter. Her Girl Scout troop was way more useful than mine. Misty sneaks cabin guy's books of weird knowledge to herself so she can feel important and poison people, but they'd be truly screwed without Akilah. Speaking of survival, that none of these girls acknowledge that they definitely had to read Lord of the Flies in ninth grade and should know how to make a signal fire on the lakeshore is only slightly less believable than that none of them are named Jennifer. On a related note, there's no way Misty's middle name is anything but Dawn. Most importantly, really Misty? Torsos are useless? Have you not heard of DNA? Whoever Adam really is, and whether he's a member of the cult or not, his torso is getting found, and that giant mountain tattoo is going to identify him immediately. A citizen detective with a fully stocked and barricaded abduction basement should know that Chekhov's torso is always going to turn back up. Bevan. Ooh, Bevan, I am loving these points. Uh, one, Akila uh, with the tanning the leather is insane. I would never 
know to do that. And I know I just didn't learn, but I also feel like I wouldn't remember to do any of that either. Um, I love your point that there are no Jennifers. That is absolutely shocking. Thank you for bringing your attention to that because that really doesn't make any sense at all. There should be at least three Jennifers based on my experience uh, growing up. And uh, I love the idea of Missy's middle name being Dawn. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I just want to say I really love Chekhov's torso. Uh, thank you so much, Bevan. Uh, have a great one. Postcards from the Wilderness with my good friend, Dom Jelen, reading not one, but two emails from Danielle. I am so excited for the second season of Yellow Jackets and Blood Hive. I have rewatched all the episodes and I'm almost done listening to Blood Hive again. I was literally dying in my car today when I was listening to Blood Hive. I was laughing so hard and had the back of my hand to my mouth, biting my knuckle, not in the Thaisa way. I was listening to Van is a Perfect Person at the time. You and all of your friends and guests are just so fun and relatable. I literally feel like I am listening to friends or that me and my friends would discuss everything in the same way. Some of us are having a watch party on Friday. We're so excited, so amped. My other friend won't sign up for Showtime and won't take my redacted to sign into my redacted. So I sent her the link to Bloodhive on Spotify and I was like, listen, you don't have to watch it if you just listen to this. And I was behind her in the parent pickup line, and I was like, if you're wondering why I'm looking like a maniac in your rearview mirror laughing alone, buzz, buzz, buzz. I'm Juliet Lewising it out with these exclamation points. I have followed all of your friends' podcasts. Thank you, Danielle, a.k.a. Shauna with a Misty Rising. Or is it Misty with a Shauna Rising? One of the most heartwarming things I can hear from a Yellow Jackets fan is how they have bullied their friends and loved ones into not only watching the show, but listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right, on to email number two. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. What if this red shirt singer who entices Misty to harmonize with her is successful and these two end up being the Satan's Girls Choir who we're always hearing? Like, what if their creepy-ass vocalizations mark the beginning of a hunt or a ritual? I forgot the fancy term that you always use about how the music is a memory, but then is actually listened to by the characters of the show. But I definitely feel like this is going to be a mind-blowing, breaking-the-fourth-wall situation. Thank you, Danielle. Danielle, thank you so much for sharing that theory with us. The red shirt singer, of course, being Crystal... R.A.P. Gone too soon. Um, I do love this theory. I, uh, you know, unless Crystal literally becomes a member of Satan's Girls Choir now that she's dead, probably not going to happen. But yes, the word I always use is diegetic. Diegetic music, meaning that the music occurs within the context of the story and can be heard by the characters. A uh, good example is when Shauna and Jeff were at Adam's art studio, and they could hear garbage, number one crush, playing in the background. That was a diegetic music cue. So um, if you didn't know, you learned something today. Now I will kick it over to Natasha for our next email. 
This email is read by Abigail Isaacoff. And it's from Aaron from New Orleans. Yo, Kelly! Or friend who checks this, it's your girl Aaron from New Orleans. Longtime cousin, short time citizen detective. My father sold private planes for a living before he retired. So I think I can clear up just a few short things you asked for on the podcast. I'm going to attempt to send some screenshots to him to ask him what might be specifically on that plane, but I can tell you a few things. They would have had to file a flight plan in, uh, New Jersey. We hear them over the speaker saying they may have to go north because of a storm, which is why they end up in the Canadian Rockies. I'm not sure if they needed to file an alternate, but I think so. The thing that Misty destroys would have never saved them. There was no GPS in a 1996 black box. The only thing the black box does is protect the last flight data. If the plane had gone down in water, the transmitter could have emitted sonar. Misty probably didn't know that, so her motives are just as sinister. Wait, 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 email two. My dad sold Beechcraft, which are Raytheon planes, mostly propeller planes, which you definitely want to be in versus a jet plane in a crash. A prop plane you can sort of coast somewhere. Jet planes just drop. Which brings me to, there would be no feasible gas in that old plane. Without stabilizer, gas doesn't last long at all. But that's just Hollywood magic, and that's fine. Teddy bears explode every day. Shrug emoji. Wait, 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 wait. Email three, email three. Addendum, I asked my dad. Axes would be standard crash business. They would not have had to alter the flight plan with towers when they decided to go north to avoid the storm. Also, my dad is so excited to be useful for this purpose so you could interview him. He told me the various possible GPS available. Eh, sort of. They wouldn't have it. Thank you, Aaron. It's uh, me, Natasha, the friends who checks this. I just checked this one, though. Uh, this is wild information about the black box not being particularly useful during this time. I wonder if the writers knew that or not, but still, you're right. Misty, still be crazy. She still made wild choices. Um, these are wild and interesting deep dives uh, into plain stuff that I didn't know anything about. Especially the idea that it's like safer to be on one of these tinier planes, which makes sense. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. And take care. Thank you so much, Erin. Hopefully you have not forgotten about good old Luna Marabou Malbrew. She was on the show last season, and she's back today reading an email from Christina. Dear Kelly and Natasha, big fan of the show. I enjoy how consistently hilarious and insightful y'all are. I try not to theorize too much about shows as I watch them, because I can get more caught up in that than actually paying attention to what's actually happening in front of me. Listening to your thoughts, though, really makes me want to break out my own red string for a big wall of theories. This is also the closest I get to gushing about Yellow Jackets with my friends because they don't want to watch it. Sob. As a medicinal plant enthusiast, witch, and chemistry student, I am slightly upset that I didn't make the connection to heliotrope being more than just the color choice until y'all brought it up. I'm glad you did. 
I honestly thought that Lottie was just being pretentious or choosing it for merely symbolic significance. Doing a quick search, though, I found that there's actually some scientific research into its possible healing and medicinal properties. It's one of those plants that has a long list of possible uses and has a history of traditional and alternative medicine applications. Saying that, though, I'd like to point out that I don't know enough about it to vouch for its application or efficacy. And I know I'm probably being overly cautious in saying that, but there's so much bullshit health stuff out there that I'd rather include my anxiety-induced caveat. If Lottie is using it, or even other natural remedies that way, but is still taking her medication, it's entirely possible that the mix of substances are having a weird effect on each other. Also, on the witchy side, heliotrope is associated with the sun, fire, and both devotion and unrequited love. I'm not sure how to reconcile those last two. <laughs> to the Greeks, heliotrope was the result of yet another nymph who Apollo was obsessed with, who turned into a plant to escape him. Speaking of the Greeks, I love the Bacchanal imagery, but instead of just general Bacchanal vibes, I couldn't help but think about the multiple myths about kings hubristically attempting and are succeeding and feeding their own children to the gods. Which, of course, just gives me a few more theoretical rabbit holes to jump headfirst into. Thanks for giving me more food for thought and something to gush about. I'm eagerly looking forward to the next episode. Thanks. Christina. Christina, I love this deep dive into heliotrope. This is part of what's so great about having very enthusiastic fans of the podcast, because when I forget to go down a rabbit hole, y'all do it for us. Christina's referencing is the myth of Tantalus, who uh, cooked his children to feed them to the gods, because, yeah, you know, like you do. But it also, you know, it, there's this tie-in for me with Shakespeare and Titus Andronicus, which is one of the most violent plays of all time. So good for you, Willie Shakes. You would have loved the Saw franchise. I keep thinking about, as I'm watching this season of Yellow Jackets, there is a movie called A Wounded Fawn that came out last year that if you are a fan of Yellow Jackets, you might like. It's very weird. It's horror. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Thank you so much, Christina, for checking in with us and Luna for reading that email. This is Erin Lampart reading an email from Rachel. Hello, ladies. I love your podcast. I am obsessed with Yellow Jackets, but none of my friends or family watch it, so I don't have anyone to talk to about it. I did convince a neighbor who I sometimes meet at the dog park to watch the show, but then she moved to Qatar. This sounds made up, but is not. So I am emailing my hopefully fascinating comments to you in hopes of hearing them on the podcast and feeling like a famous genius for a moment. One. Season 2, Episode 1. I am also annoyed that Shauna and Jeff did not wear gloves at the art studio. It would have been perfect if she walks in the door and pulls out a pair of rubber dishwashing gloves and puts them on and hands a pair of, like, puffy winter gloves to Jeff to put on with a Shauna look that conveys, yeah, I know, but these were the only gloves we had. It would have been funny and fitting with the character. Missed opportunity. 2. Season 2 generally. I used to also find Callie annoying and terrible, but this season I have developed a lot of sympathy for her. 
if you imagine actually realizing that your mother murdered someone and is lying about it and starting to realize that your father was involved or helped or something, it would be so destabilizing. I think she is honestly terrified. Like, if her mother could kill this person, could she kill her daughter? And I think she realized that her father was definitely involved after he wouldn't let her go out to the grill, and then she found the license plate in the grill. It's like the people she grew up with and depended on and still depends on have suddenly turned into monsters. I think the way she is feeling is really understandable and makes her behavior understandable as well. Fascinating point number three. I love the point that one of you made that having a police officer get information by buying a minor alcohol could lead to a conviction being thrown out. I love that. And I hope it becomes a plot point. Four. You guys discussed why Shauna ate the ear at the end of episode one of season two. I don't think it is some subconscious desire to be Jackie or anything like that. I think it is pure hunger. Being pregnant makes you hungry. When I was pregnant with my first child, I was a vegetarian, but I had such cravings for hamburgers that I gave up and started eating meat again. Babies need nutrients, and there is such a strong desire to get it if you don't have it. Five. Season two, episode two. I wonder how much of Ben not joining in the cannibalism had to do with the fact that he was simply slower to get to the body. I keep wanting to say the shrine due to his amputated leg. I think there was definitely some, oh God, eating people, no, thought that made him turn around and go back to the house, but also some fear that if he went over to the body, all the space around the body was already taken up and they wouldn't have made room for him or helped him get into a kneeling position with his amputated leg and his crutches. Keep up the good work on the podcast there are an alarmingly high number of Yellow Jackets podcasts out there. And after sampling them all, I think yours is the best. Smiley face emoticon with a nose. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for this kind email. I love this. Uh, I'm so sorry that people in your life don't realize what a great show this is because it is an extraordinary show. It's very, very good, and people need to figure it out, but we're happy to have you here. Uh, point number two I want to talk about because, you know, I think we all know none of us are giving Callie a very fair shake. Uh, we're all just like, who is this kid destroying our plots? But in reality, you're right. It would be absolutely <laughs> terrifying <laughs> to find out that your mother is killing people it'd be very scary but also you know your mom got you in this world she could she could take you out we all know that but I guess we don't know it as vividly as Callie does uh I also love your point number four that uh our girl's just hungry she really is just hungry um thank you so much for this great email buzz 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 and last, but certainly not least, we have a voice memo from someone I once knew as The Jen. Oh, hello. This is a top secret message for Kelly Anakin. JK. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know what we're calling this. Like, like listener questions or like, you probably have a cute name. Um, anywho, love you, love your show. 
Um, I actually knew you in person one time many moons ago. We accidentally both worked at a princess company for five minutes answering phones. And like, I don't know, you did something very exciting with a paper cutter. I don't totally remember. Uh, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm calling with like fan theories, questions, yada, yada, yada. Um, also, I'm so glad you're doing this. I totally missed you guys so much when you stopped doing red all over. Um, and oh my fucking God, yellow jackets is so good. Um, I also really enjoyed, um, the Super Bowl halftime show this year. So that might just mean that I'm like officially old, but anyways, um, coming in hot with like, who is pit girl and antler queen? Um, the whole time, bitch, literally the whole time until the season finale, I assumed pit girl was Jackie. Cause like, I thought they were trying to trick us with like, um, like the dark hair thing with like a lighting trick. And then like, obviously when it was bloody, like you can't tell what color it is. Um, but I was really thinking like, you know, when, oh, sorry, I'm in traffic. When Jackie, um, when Jackie, uh, gave Shauna the necklace instantly, I was like, oh my God, it's Shauna. She dies. But then we see her in the future, like five seconds later. So then I was like, oh duh, it's obviously Jackie. And like fucking, I've been a teenage girl, teenage girls fight, right? Obviously she gives her her necklace back at some point. Cause they like break up friendship wise or gay wise. Like we don't really know. Right. Um, so that's that after the finale, it's gotta be Mari, right? She's the only one that's kind of like, and I just like someone just mentioned one of the episodes, like I didn't even know her name until you guys brought it up. Or maybe like the second time I watched it, I watch it with closed captioning just cause like I'm ADD and can't really pay attention. Um, and it also feels like, you know, I'm almost reading a book when I have closed captioning on a show I'm watching. Um, so yeah, that's my, and obviously we all know the Antler Queen has to be Lottie, right? Like, I don't know. I assumed it was her immediately when she killed the bear. Like, immediately. I was like, oh, that bitch is going to be, like, the cult leader, obviously. Like, um, yeah. So that's my prediction for that. Um, I have several questions for you and then, like, a comment at the end. Um, so number one, what the fuck happens to Shauna's baby? Do you think they eat it? Do you think it's a stillborn? Do you think it's a stillborn and they eat it? Uh, do you think it's her cunty fucking daughter that's there and they just lied to her how old she is and that's why she's such a fucking cunt because she's actually 25, like, pretending to be in high school? Um, I don't know. I would love to hear your theories. Um, also, I wanted to bring up something uh, about... I forget her name. Lorelai or something? Um, the God Squad girl uh, in the airplane. Someone brought up how her teddy bear caught on fire um and number one I don't think that's what actually happened I think like the internals of the plane were starting to catch and then that is just like what caught fire first like the seat was catching on fire um but also I don't know if this is related or what any of it means if it's even intentional but like I don't know if you remember when she first found her teddy bear when they were like going through the woods or whatever and then as soon as she picked it up and was like all looking at it lovingly like a girl that's never been fucked um uh, then there's drops of blood on it. And then that's when they find the coach. So like maybe the teddy bear is, and like the way that it's treated is like the end of innocence or like whatever, or maybe that's just not even an intentional choice. I don't know. But definitely the only other time I remember seeing the teddy bear is like when they're in the forest and they find their stuff and then blood starts dripping on it. And then they figure out that the coach is like up in the tree, uh, which I believe is Travis's dad. So that's fucking gnarly. Um, what else? What else? Oh, I think the comment I have to make, uh, is just that like, even if the show 
ends right now, like at the end of season one, and like they get fucking rescued tomorrow. Like, I just want to point out without the like purposeful cannibalism, like how fucking traumatic this is. Like, let's also keep in mind they're like 16, 17, 18 year old girls. Like, I know we want to say 18 is adult, but it's like, no, it's fucking not. Like, your brain isn't fully developed till you're 25, right? So let's just review what the fuck has happened so far. Number one, they missed nationals or wherever the fuck they were going. Like, that's a big fucking deal when you're in high school. I know it's fucking stupid and whatever, but it's like, that's real. Number two, they got in a plane crash. Fucking so traumatic. Number three, not only did they survive, but like, basically none of the adults survived. They have to bury their friends and coaches. Um fucking horrible they have to watch misty chop off junior coach's leg also the like ooze moment of the leg when they lifted up the wing was like so fucking horrifying and also beautiful in a like horror way like chef's kiss to the uh whatever department that is special effects i don't know so that's happened um they're running out of food uh fucking van gets her face ripped off and they almost burn her alive to death like um god squad girl goes up in flames uh and then like the one time they all band together and sort of like ostracize someone that chick fucking dies like just that alone is so fucking crazy to have happened right um And it also, like, I just want to mention, like, puts such a fucking dark, uh, I don't know what you call it, like, coating on the fucking birthday brunch that Shauna has to have with Jackie's parents all the time. Like, I initially thought, like, they must have eaten Jackie, so, like, that's obviously dark. It's almost worse that, I mean, it's obviously not worse, but it's, like, it's, it's akin, like, that it's because it's kind of Shauna's fault, right? Like, they got in the fight, and that's why Jackie, like, stomped off and, like, had her little tantrum. Um, but the idea that she would fucking die, like, the first time they ostracize someone from the circle is, like, so fucking gnarly. Um, and it makes sense, like, all the trauma that they're enduring. And granted, it obviously got, like, so much worse, because we're, like, you know, maybe a couple months and maybe a couple weeks and we don't even really know at this point. Um, the only re- re- way you can really gauge time, I think, is through Shauna's belly. And it's like, we never know, like, how much she was actually pregnant when they left. But, um, you know, the fact that Natalie's been through rehab 83 times. Like, fucking Shauna <laughs> killing her boyfriend because she thinks he might be someone. I, too, also thought he was... I even forgot his name. The, the boy that's Travis's brother, Javi. I thought he was that, like, in me. So I was like, oh, this has to be this. Um... And, oh my god, Thaisa! Thaisa and the, um, the sleepwalking. Like, when we find her little cavern of, like, horrors, bro, bro, she cut off her own dog's head. Like, I don't know if it's true, but I definitely have a group of friends where, like, uh, if someone fucks with an animal in a movie, like, it's not cool with us. Like, no joke, one of my friends almost got divorced because her husband had her watch, um, what's it called? The Keanu Reeves movie that's about his dog dying. John Wick. Because he knew what happened in the movie and she didn't. And so when they watched it, she was like devastated because the dog died. And (laughs) she found out that he knew the dog was going to die and she, they they almost got divorced. It's a real thing. But anyways, um, fucking so gnarly. And sidebar, I hope at some point during, um, one of the episodes where you guys were talking about Thaisa's, um, 
blood cave that someone uses the phrase that was way harsh tie because it would just like so be perfect with the 90s um but i think that's it i'm a real nerd about this stuff so i definitely like made some notes uh so i'm gonna say goodbye for now and uh see if i forgot anything and maybe add something to this but maybe not and if i don't love your work i think you're excellent and uh go 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 baby you should definitely be be podcasting because i find it highly entertaining um and i fucking love show recap shows because i feel like this is so nerdy (laughs) but i feel like i'm doing my homework when i'm watching (laughs) these things because i want to listen to the podcast about it so anywho um i think you're wonderful uh hopefully if you start a cult i can join it because blood hive and red all over till i die okay thanks bye I did anything impressive with a paper cutter. I talked a client down who was really mad one time, but I don't think a paper cutter was involved at the princess company where we both worked. The Jen, what a great message. Uh, obviously recorded before season two started because they did eat Jackie. Oh my God. Like the trauma of having to eat like tuna quiche with the mother of the person that you snacked on whose death you caused just wow the layers of trauma you know it's not even an onion at this point it's like layers of liquid hot magma that were compressed and turned into obsidian anyway i love this theory about callie actually being 25 and just like generally like being mad um, and not knowing why, I doubt that's true. We know from Melanie Linsky they're not going to eat the baby. Um, but I just, I do feel like something bad's going to happen to this baby. But we won't know. We won't know till next week. And the baby is born? Question mark. I too hope that they say way harsh tie, but I don't want to. I don't want to hold out for that. Um, but thank you so much for listening, Jen. It's just always great to hear from somebody who enjoys what we do. So keep watching the skies. I don't know what's going on. Uh, thank you again. Thank you all again for sending in these great listener emails. Uh, we love them. We've got a kick out of them. And feel free to always send more. Um, and we'll see you all next week when uh, the episode moves to Sunday for some strange reason. But we're all looking forward to it. Take care. Have a great week. Buzz, 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 buzz. (laughs) This is Blood Hive over and out. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review Blood Hive wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to recommend us to your BFFs and frenemies however you can. Subscribe to Kelly Anakin's hilarious Patreon or make a one-time donation to Kelly-Anakin on Venmo to help us keep the content coming. Send a voice message to bloodhivepodcast at gmail.com for a chance to hear your Yellow Jackets hot takes on an upcoming episode. Blood Hive is a production of KA Collaborative. Our theme song is Eat Your Heart Out by Wolves. Special thanks to today's guests, the team at Cosmic Standard, and my own personal judges table. Last but not least, all praise to the Antler Queen. <laughs>